and welcome to the Order of Initiative. This is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast where me and my friends talk about DMing and everything you could want to know about running your game. I'm Charles, and with me today I have Nathan. Hello, hello. And Tori. Hi there. Today, we're talking about halflings. But before we get into it, we're going to roll initiative to see who leads the conversation. I'm rolling a teeny tiny die. So am I. A little baby. I got an 11. I got a 13. I'm rolling a regular size die and got an 8. I've been punished for my... Your hubris. My, my hubris, my betrayal of the, the, the morals of this podcast. I think it's Tori, then. It's me? It's been so long since my dice hasn't screwed me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unused to this feeling. Um, the power I of fell the tiny die. The power of the tiny die. I guess you'll be back next week, baby. Um, I fell in love with Halflings when I first started playing... God, I'm so old. 14, 15 years ago. Um, in 3.5. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that they kind of had to do, I really enjoyed the rogue class when I first started, and they were perfect for rogue classes, and um, they kind of carried over some of those those really awesome traits. Uh, light footed, tiny, the plus two to dexterity. Um, but I absolutely loved that they gave them lucky. And 5e, uh, we talked about that a little in the House Rules podcast, mm-hmm. that one of my DMs took away the lucky racial feature for halflings, which made me so sad because I love them so much. Uh, but yeah, I've been in love with halflings for a very long time, and they're little, and they have a very special place in my heart. Oh, <laughs> I was never the biggest fan of halflings um you can leave like i didn't i didn't really hate no listen i didn't really hate them but they just seemed a little underwhelming to me mm, yeah. until uh to be perfectly honest i was prepping for this episode and i don't know if i was just in a good mood or or what it was but like i'm totally sold on halflings now um by the way if you're listening to this episode and you aren't also listening to concerning hobbits um, from the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, um, it's not the intended experience. So <laughs> go listen to that. <laughs> Please listen to I the was, podcast and that. I was uh, listening to that the whole time while prepping. I mean, what are hobbits? I've never heard of hobbits. Halflings are an original creation from Wizards of the Coast. Oh. But anyway, the reason I got sold on them is because I, they're not meant to be the greatest warriors Mm-mm. or scholars or wizards in the world. They're meant to be kind of just regular people even more so than humans in some ways mm-hmm. hobbits uh halflings <laughs> that wasn't on purpose <laughs> it's gonna happen a lot it is. halflings don't build massive cities or empires or kingdoms and they don't conquer lands and they don't usually have huge aspirations they just kind of want to be left alone and do their own thing and they enjoy good food and and good company and there's something kind of endearing about that about a race of people or, or even an individual who never had huge aspirations for adventure, but is still kind of thrust into it. And obviously I think Frodo and Bilbo come to mind. They weren't really doing this out of glory. 
they need they were there was a bigger reason for it i guess bilbo maybe had more of the call to adventure in his heart mm. um but frodo especially was doing it out of necessity not for fame or glory yeah it's just it's a it's a fun sort of vibe of adventurer that i am all four now that I realize that's sort of the point of Halflings, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I, I, I've i always really been a big fan of the, uh, this character was never meant to be anyone of note and had uh, yeah. uh, that sort of, you know, eventually thrust upon them. They had to figure that out. And I um, really like that there's an entire character race dedicated to that. It's, uh, I mean, you can do whatever the hell you want with any of your characters, but I think it's really, I mean, that. Lord of the Rings exists. It's it's in, yep. in Frodo, uh, Sam, the all Bilbo, Merry and Pippin. They're all they're just they're just dudes hanging out that eventually went on this grand epic adventure, and that's sort of I I think really cool to have in your setting. My halflings are not very developed in in my setting at all, and that's kind of for a reason. Partly because I just haven't had anything to do with them yet. And partly because I, I I dropped them off on a couple places on my map. It's like halflings live here. Mm. yeah they're doing their thing i mean i think it's sort of the point that they don't have a a terribly complicated culture like like the whole point Mm -hmm. is that they're simple folk in the nicest way possible they don't build like i said they don't build up empires they just kind of pick places to live and get really attached to the land and just kind of want to do their own thing yeah for me in a in a like in a homebrew setting or even a traditional setting, it's really easy to steep halflings in tradition. Um, mm-hmm. so like they don't adventure because tradition. Like you just you just stay at home and you have festivals and throw massive huge birthday parties and that kind of thing. Steal your cousin's spoons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think um the book touches on another kind of way you could look at halflings, which I think is also interesting. The idea of a uh, nomadic halflings, who. Like, I think this touches on um, another element of a halfling's motivation that you could use is their love for, like, new things, new foods, new people, new cultures themselves. So mm-hmm. kind of like a tourist archetype, right? I think that'd be a fun character to, to lean into. So if the people, by definition, are nomadic because they always want to keep seeing new things and keep moving, that's still not like a really, you know not your typical adventurer it's someone who just wants to like try every cheese in the world you know like that's that's a perfectly fine character motivation and i think you still can wind up in wacky adventures because of it but um Mm -hmm. those are the two like main setups for halfling society the book talks about is either very stationary kind of like typical shire um setup or nomadic yeah what do you guys think would you ever do like nomadic halflings Oh, bet. I actually kind of like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's it's um sort of like because like I said, I don't really I, I think I've like have a couple dots on my map saying halflings live here, but I kind of like the idea of like kind of like um ro- sort of roving bands like of, uh, of 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 little dudes roaming around just yeah uh, have, live, living up living their best lives. I would. I my idea hearing this is I just want to do like a roving band of halfling um circus workers. Yeah. Yes. Like that doesn't that, it doesn't seem like a perfect blend of like music and culture and food and just like a group of people who want to see everything the world has to offer while having fun. That perfect. Yeah. Plus I like halfling it cuz it fits with their their plus two to decks. 
It you know it does. That's true. Yeah, they are a little nimble. I think that like plus two to Dex. Um, you you talked about how they made good rogues in previous editions. Yes. And there's definitely like you said, there's some elements of that here too because lightfoot halflings can attempt to hide mm-hmm. um even if all they have is a bigger creature to hide behind which is kind of hilarious <laughs> i mean uh, i think it yeah <laughs> it just it just has to do with their small stature i mm-hmm. think that's what it's meant to be reliant on and i think like this is just me but even if i'm going to make like a a halfling rogue I wouldn't. I'm not gonna make them as like a badass, wearing all black assassin type of rogue. More along the lines of Bilbo, who is just naturally sneaky because of their small size. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily like trained in assassination arts. They're just small and can run between people's legs, and they're hard to hit. And the lucky feet adds even like a little bit more to that sort of yep. that, that particular yeah. specific fantasy because they're they're you know like you said they're not trained. They just they're small. And uh, somehow <laughs> things tend to work out. Yeah, I actually like. I really kind of like this whole aesthetic for an adventurer who isn't this badass warrior who's trained from life. They're just some dude who bumbles their way through encounters. That's kind Who's of awesome. kidnapped by a wizard and twelve dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, even like this is kind of like the good mood I got in last night prepping, and it's still like affecting me. Like for some reason, this is just so charming. This idea of an adventurer who's just out to see the world, not to stop any great evil. Maybe that, you know, comes across their path and they decide to to help stop that. But otherwise, they just want to see all the cheeses, man. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of cheeses out there in Faerun. There's so many cheeses. <laughs> Got kinds with holes, kinds with mold. I heard that the or- half-orcs have certain cheeses, man. I want to try those. Really big cheeses. There's supposedly the dragon in the mountain has been hoarding cheese so <gasps> cheese in we the gotta go check that out <laughs> i know so i got into the stigma uh with 5e that i couldn't use halflings for martial classes uh because mm-hmm. three uh, pardon me five uh 3.5e uh 3.5e gives them a negative two to strength just base. <laughs> and um I've, I I have a really hard time kind of breaking that breaking that stigma and using them in my games for fighters or monks or yeah. something like that. Until recently, I um I rolled the standard character 46 drop the lowest and I only ended up with two positive stats. I had two negative 3s, a negative 2 and a negative 1. Incredible. <laughs> uh, so I made Penelope, <laughs> the barbarian. Uh, she's a little oh, halfling, yes. and uh, she's real dumb, sentient, uh, like like a rock. Um, technically sentient. Yeah, tech like <laughs> doesn't know how to keep breathing. Has to remind herself. To oh my blink. god. Um, <laughs> but blink one eye at a time. She's the funnest character I've played in a long time. And it would yeah. have to be because of the dynamics of the game that she could hide. She's a barbarian and she could move like she only has 25 feet of movement, but who cares? She can move behind the half work in the party <laughs> and just I think disappear. 
Halflings can even um they can move through enemy spaces, right? If they're yeah, a size larger than them. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I wish th- I every t- every time I read that a feature, I think of the um the fight against the cave troll. Yes. Yeah. With, with all the hobbits just rushing under its legs. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's the sort of idea they're emulating. Yes. But yeah, you know, talking about uh your Penelope I feel like every time I, I hear someone talk about their character who had a, a whole, like a, a bunch of terrible stats, they always love that character. Yeah. They, no one ever complains about that. They're always like, oh, yeah, they, they were fucking awesome. They're terrible. <laughs> they were the worst. I love them. <laughs> yeah. I think it goes to show that like stats don't really matter all that much, at no. least in terms of like the fun you can have. Correct. She was. She was real fun. Mm-hmm. Perceptions with perception checks with her were a treat. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, think she ever rolled above a five. <laughs> thank God. You mentioned um, they can't in three five. They couldn't use weapons, or they have they have a negative to strength. They have I think negative some, to strength. There's some small carryover to that in fifth edition. Can't I don't believe s- small creatures can use heavy weapons. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Yeah, uh, so there's a small element to it there still. Yeah, which mm-hmm. does make halfling and gnome barbarian somewhat difficult because mm-hmm. uh, you you can't do the big two-handed great weapon uh, build mm-hmm. that you would normally do with that. You can still do the the you know like dual wield axes build that can be a lot of fun, but yeah, uh, no greatsword halflings. Mm-hmm. Correct, but I feel like I feel like that would be accurate. They're what all of two oh, and yeah. a half to three feet tall. Swords bigger than you. The, yeah. It would be for that. That's a figure of mathematics for me. Of <laughs> the book says they're like forty pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just give even, the lads a mithril sword. That's fine. Even <laughs> the swollest of halflings. <laughs> that actually would be a perfect weapon to give a halfling barbarian who hasn't been able to wield heavy weapons. Give them a magic sword that's technically heavy, but through some bullshit, it's really light for them. Mm-hmm. That makes that sense. Work. I like the uh the negative modifier to strength. I don't like I wouldn't be heartbroken if that was still in the game for certain races sometimes, you know. I know that Xanathars introduced monsters that had negative mm-hmm. stats. Um like the the full blooded orc. Yeah. Had negative Oh yeah, not sorry, not not Xanathars. Uh full blooded orcs had like negative to wisdom or intelligence or something. Which mm-hmm. Kind of sucks, but you know, at the same time, it's only like an ends up being one less that you're rolling with the relevant stat. So, eh, not the end of the world. I actually don't like that much. Um, I I mean, if if everyone had it, cool. It oh just yeah. Sort of. It's just uh, that this edition obviously adopted design philosophy of no penalties for race, yep. and so yeah. when some races do get one, it kind of feels bad. Yes, I think kobolds had a penalty to strength when they were initially released as well. I agree, so, and, and they—that's gone now because wizards realized, oh wait, that's well. One, they had some revelations that I don't agree with about racial <laughs> ability modifiers in the first place. But um, I think in an edition where nothing has penalties, nothing should have penalties. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't remember when they updated that, but I'm I'm, I'm glad they course corrected sometime before Tasha's. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that they gave them a negative in uh, a mental oh. yeah um oh sorry for the orcs just because yeah. they're a war race a race that is fully dependent on war would have str- strategy 
would have the mental capacity <laughs> to plan mm-hmm. war. So that that just doesn't make sense for me. But back on halflings. <laughs> yes, I think I think this is a conversation we'll get into in some episode. I've been trying to find a relevant one, but Nathan and I have definitely had a few discussions about mm-hmm. the future of racial modifiers. <laughs> we had it but, a little bit in the Xanathar, or not the Xanathar, the, the Tasha's, Tasha's episode. Yeah. Mm. But halflings, though. But halflings. Yeah, that, yeah that's important. That's... <laughs> Halflings are real neat. Uh, we talked a little bit about their um, racial bonuses already. That's kind of what got us into the discussions. They got like decks, and mm-hmm. then can either have um, constitution or charisma, I believe. Stout foot. Or is it wisdom? And light foot? Light foot's charisma, stout is con. Yes, thank you. Stout also gets resistance to poison damage and advantage on resisting po- the poisoned condition. Yes. Kind of makes sense. They're just hearty little. Party little, little buggers. People. Yeah. I always liked like it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at first when I saw the con, but like I mean, going right back to Tolkien. Uh, mm. I mean they they're they're small, they're maybe not very strong, but they're they're sturdy and I think most importantly they're brave, and maybe that's more of a wisdom thing. But like or maybe they're not all brave, but you know, some of our best examples of them, uh, namely Samwise Gamgees, is is man, that's that's one brave little dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that sort of that that sturdiness is very I mean if even even in just that plus one con bonus is uh is is shown there and I appreciate that a lot. Well they they do have a a feature called brave which gives them advantage on being frightened. That's yep. That's right. I knew yeah. it. I I couldn't remember the feature. I should, probably should have looked at the book today. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the con thing to me for whatever in my head I justify that as them having like a a gut of steel honestly. Yeah. Just because their love of food, they just have a really like robust digestive system. I don't know if that's the intended <laughs> uh, understanding. I also. Well, I mean, they had a the, the poison resistance as well, and so that kind of checks out. Even though um, poison damage and, and effects in this game technically can be you know venomous. Uh huh. But um, it, I mean, it still checks out. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like back to the the bravery thing. I feel like they have a, de- a deep sense of loyalty. They live yeah. for so long, and they usually live if they're not nomads. They live together in a community, so they form really deep bonds. So like mm-hmm. Samwise wasn't going to leave Frodo. He was his best friend, um, yeah. which I feel like can bolster them through anything. No, I I totally agree. I was thinking of a similar thing, honestly, when I was prepping. Because when I picture a halfling community, I, I just picture a bunch of, you know, it's the Shire. Everyone knows they picture the Shire. So <laughs> I picture them all kind of minding their own business and not really, not a lot of drama necessarily happening. Mm-hmm. But I imagine, and they would, they certainly wouldn't go like on conquer, like, you know, to conquer, uh, conquer other Shires or expand their borders too much but i imagine a scenario where a group of bandits rolled through town and started causing trouble i feel like halflings would not put up with that shit for like 10 minutes they would immediately beat the shit out of them and kick them out of town i don't think they're they're friendly but they're not like tolerant and i just i can't help but shake the feeling that the whole community would bind together immediately to get rid of some assholes well, I mean, Farmer Maggot whipped out the pitchfork for a couple for a couple uh, yeah. uh, vegetable thefts. You know, if bandits roam into town, oh, they're they're going to be sharpening their sharpening their forks and knives. Yeah. Do you guys? This is maybe sort of a tangent. 
Did you guys ever play the the game Battle for Middle Earth? I think is is what it was yes. called. Oh man, it's been so long. If you do the evil route, oh, the final mission is just burning the Shire and <gasps> killing halflings. Oh, and like, God. part of me is like, ha ha, yes, my conquest is complete. The other half is like, oh my God, the Shire. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's kind of sad. Like, it, it's hard for me to think of other like places in fiction in general that feel more peaceful and homely than the Shire. It's just, it's so nice. Yeah. It's, it's a real good place. Uh, it, it, some parts of me are sad that the um, the attack on the Shire was was cut from the movies, uh, but the other parts are, you know, it gets to remain pure. Then is is another, yeah, uh, yeah. way to look at that. So it, it Halfling communities, real nice place. I mean, definitely would have that scene being there. I guess would be a really like for me, it would be a really like heightened sense of. Uh, panic and urgency because it does seem like a place that needs to be protected and should be kept as pure as possible mm. when you guys are building up your like halfling communities or or villages in your games can you even break out of the shire mindset oh big time Every, <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh the town that you're currently in right now it's mostly halfling oh true that and it's a city it's a big city I know we're in the middle of a holiday, but they are also all partying and, and fornicating in the streets. Yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> I mean, that, do, that doesn't stop for the holidays. So that's, <laughs> that checks it just, out. It yeah. just gets more intense. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're on paid leave to do it. <laughs> uh, like I was saying before, uh, I haven't really put a lot of um, thought or much into the halflings in my setting, but this episode's definitely sort of getting the gears turning, even if it's still mostly oh sh the shire is pretty cool yeah like like the shire <laughs> but um it's it, it's it's just sort of i don't know i i like that a lot i feel like my world is a bit chaotic too there's a lot of politicking and mm -hmm. and uh, angriness and and violence going on in my world and i feel feel like just having a place somewhere up in the north and in, in the the plains around the forest where um so these these little dudes are just hanging out and partying is is <laughs> it's comforting you There's know. no magical flying castles or or waterfalls of diamonds. Like it's just a just Nearest kind of a dragon place. is hundreds upon hundreds of miles away. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I and I, I'm into that. And like maybe one day I'll have my players visit. I know I have some some players that like halflings a lot, but it's just sort of I don't really have a reason to take them there. Which is I think maybe one of the the flaws of that is like it, it's a really cool place, but why would my adventurers ever go there? Maybe if it's just a, a stop along the way somewhere else, if it's on the path. Yeah, and I guess that would be that would be the way to do it. But I maybe inadvertently put them, or not, maybe very on purpose, put them very out of the way because they don't they they don't want adventurers traveling trotting through their town and causing trouble every week. Um, See the way. Oh, go on. Because they don't they don't want to deal with that. See, I I guess it depends on what. Or if the uh, if the adventurers are causing trouble, I've always pictured halfling communities as being really, really like open armed about it. Every time they have new visitors, they're basically gonna throw a feast for them just because it's new new faces, and they want to. They'll just endlessly pick the party's brains about th what they've seen and the adventures they've gone on. Like halflings won't inherently go on adventures, but they want to hear about them. They yes. like hearing they like hearing tales. So 
I think and I'm guilty of this too. Um, I think a lot of DMs will make a lot of NPCs that are either mysterious or openly hostile towards the party because you like building up an air of uh, intrigue or mystery or mistrust in the world. But I think a halfling community is such a perfect place to get, to just have everyone be friendly and like make the party feel really welcome somewhere. That's what that would be my inclination when you have a, a halfling community the party's gonna enter. I, I feel that. I feel like I feel like because most of the time, because they're so safe, halfling communities, you don't you don't really see a lot of bad happen. Therefore I would feel not a lot of people travel to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and those who do travel to them, they know exactly where they are. You're either going to be going there on purpose or stumble across it. Um, not going to like raise it to the ground with fire. (laughs) Um, and they do, they like song and dance and and stories and they, um, there's even an Eberron. They have the mark of hospitality. Um, the, uh, (laughs) one of the subclasses, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of what they do. I don't love the dragon marks. That's a different story, though. But yeah. it, uh, <laughs> the, the mark Same. of hospitality is, is pretty perfect for halflings, though. Yes. I, I just, I picture a lot of halflings as just like everyone's a loving grandma who just wants to feed you cookies and hear about your day, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine a whole village of that. Like, that'd be a great place to just kick up your feet on while you're on the road. Oh yeah. Probably yeah. don't want to. Maybe don't want to stay there forever, but. I think I think I think my bit is I guess, um, maybe it's just my world, but adventures do sort of invariably bring trouble in their wake, and uh, I I I like because I know Gandalf regularly visited the Shire, um, oh, but yeah. he he would go out of his way to go there. It wasn't sort of a stop on his way. He'd like go there, and it would be this big, this great thing. Because oh my god, the wizards here. He's brought fireworks. Uh, but I feel like it's a different story if it's, you know, the Shire was just kind of like on the road between Gondor and Rohan. Because uh, then mm-hmm. you've got all this other nonsense. You don't, you don't have like <laughs> just this one adventurer who's coming into town to hang out and have a good time because he likes the place. You've got all of the adventurers coming into town. Yeah. Because yeah. it's on their way. And that, I think, I think that's what my halflings in my setting are trying to avoid by being where they are. It's like people, the only people that are here are the people that want to be here. Exactly. Yeah. I would definitely put this halfling community a little more out of the ways. When I, when I said it's on the, on the road somewhere, I didn't literally mean like the main like road. I guess it meant stop. like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I was, I was picturing like if your party has to get from point A to point B, they, they know it's kind of close and they'll have to cut through like a forest to get there. But Hey, it's better than camping in the woods. That's fair. Yeah. And you know, like, Gandalf was like a local celebrity for them. He was like, him, just him showing up and arriving was like one of the most exciting things for the Shire, it seemed like. Yeah. So I kind of would, I'd love to do a similar thing with adventuring parties, even if they're relatively unknown or completely unknown. I think it would be exciting for halfling community. And maybe, you know, there's still like, we, I talked before about how like halflings are kind of the regular dude with maybe not a lot of aspirations, but maybe just a simple visit like this from someone outside the village is enough to inspire a halfling to go on adventures of their own. Yes. They, and then they the next time the party Gandalf comes into Jr. town, they have to go rescue them because they wandered into a, <laughs> a bear den. That, oh, that, oh, that actually be funny. I've, I've had this idea in my head for a while of like the party's actions, inspiring some like young or naive adventurers of their own who are just trying to like emulate the party. 
That's perfect. I love the idea of a bunch of halflings getting like really inspired by the party. I like that. I like that a lot. And they kind of like band together and go off. Yeah. And it gives your your party something to do other than just chillax whenever they go to the halfling town. So like, basically, I'm sort of imagining it's like every single time they go, this oh adventures, adventures! Yeah, you, you must come quick. Uh, little Barry's wandered himself off into the world into the woods and gotten lost. You gotta rescue him again. <laughs> so it gives you sort of like a little fun mini mini quest to do whenever you yeah uh, wander into the Shire, and then you know afterwards you just you have a party because you saved the day, and it's a sort of grand good old time. I can't help but feel like he's fallen into like a two foot hole or he's fighting like a pigeon know, just, for a crusty Yeah, bread. yeah. <laughs> something like really not threatening, but they still throw a feast in your honor. You know, exactly. You know, it's, it'd be great. Because like, because you don't want to get, you know, things too intense and or too, too stressful when they go to just go hang yeah. out. But, you know, you want to give them something to do and like maybe build a little bit of that tension. Everything about halflings just kind of puts me in a good mood. Like... My campaigns are usually, like, very serious. The world is at stake. Everything sucks all the time. I will emotionally torment you the whole campaign. Jesus. P- f- f- something about halflings, man. <laughs> they just put me... <laughs> put me to good mood. <laughs> Listen, ask ask Karma. I emotionally torture her character every session, Why? and she loves it. You've learned well, my student. <laughs> I because mean, Impending Doom, yeah, is great, but, like... I mean, I'm hyping it up. I I present <laughs> emotional uh, choices, I suppose, or difficult choices a lot. Heard. Yeah, I mean, not, nothing gets me more stressed than, what will we be eating tonight, the turkey or the duck? <laughs> Ugh, so stressful. I feel like it'd be borderline impossible to make a edgelord halfling, you know? Like, oh. if you're going to be the rogue, I, you, I said it before, but I just can't picture a halfling wearing all black and... Charles, stab. I know you. You could do it. i find a way. Just imagine wanting to work at Hot Topic with all of your being, and that is your goal, and then build your character off fuck? of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a phase, Mom. <laughs> oh, my God. I think, I think halflings certainly have the potential to, to run that edgelord or even... Like, cause I mean, I mean, a lot of the fun of this game is is breaking those pre-established Norms. molds that these 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 races tend to come with. Like, yep. mm-hmm. the elf, you 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 always sort of imagine more as like the wizard or or the the ranger, and you bring out the elven fighter. It could be really cool, or barbarian wizard or orc wizard. Can I multi-class barbarian? Um, orc wizard can be a lot of fun as well. And I think bringing out um, you know maybe your edgelord halfling or we talked about a halfling barbarian before can have a lot of a lot of cool options and there's a uh-huh. lot to do there granted most of the time the edgelord character isn't great to play with in the first place um, yeah but I, I i i you know i mean imagine the shire got burned down and there's just one survivor uh and there 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 is probably some if handled well and not by an edgy teenager probably some interesting stories to be told there yeah yeah, definitely. Like a a halflings who whose spark has gone out, right? Mm. For whatever reason, they just can't really find joy anymore. I mean, if if the whole like character's arc is building towards getting back to that place, that can be interesting. Yeah, that's. I, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, we've talked totally. about this before in the other the races uh, episodes about how like you definitely want to try to find a, a way you can 
twist or change the archetypes for these races to make them seem like like just that you're presenting a new take on them uh we you know nathan your elves live in the desert um which is not a typical setting or place for elves to be but beyond that they still like hit a lot of the core characteristics so they're identifiable as elves i think it's a it's a, a maybe not a super fine line but it's still a line to figure out of how much can I change about a race while still maintaining their identity in the end? Mm. Weirdly, with halflings, like I think one of their core aspects is how simple they are. I feel like there's maybe not as much wiggle room to like make the culture super complex. You know what I mean? Individuals are, are certainly a different thing, but like I think at their base, they're still intended to be more simple folk. Yes. You did You did bring up earlier... In 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 jest, a, a joke about the or somebody did, um, the the, el- the the halflings going up to conquer the world, um, yeah. which which did get me excited because I thought you know what if, what if you know too too many times now danger and 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 uh, and violence has come knocking at the shire's door and the halflings there to say you know what screw it we're gonna spread our peaceful ways by force. <laughs> I'll force you to be peaceful, damn it. And, and maybe, maybe there maybe there's some something there of them like all right well you know the world is this violent chaotic place what if we just went out and told everybody to chill the fuck out <laughs> and I think that could be a lot of fun it'd probably be a bit for more for a goofy campaign but yeah. you know if, if they if they figured out a way to you know they're they're small and not very imposing but if they maybe um, racked their heads together and figured out a way to become a a, a problem they, that could be a, a, a fun threat it's like oh, uh, they're just halflings we won't have to deal with them and then suddenly the kingdom is conquered <laughs> but the halfling empire throws some damn good parties so you know maybe it's not all bad <laughs> kingdom sized shire i know you're talking about the idea of like breaking the mold with your your halfling as for classes i've Mm -hmm. been toying around with the idea of a halfling monk because they can step through people's legs um plus they get the plus two to don't punch them don't punch them in the dick please i know i know that's where (laughs) this is headed it it really wasn't think about how (laughs) agile they can be they're considered small most of Uh. the time people if you're not playing a dwarf i find dwarves are so rarely used in parties don't know why. Um, dwarves still medium sized. Yep. Me- oh, they could travel through the legs of a dwarf. Apparently. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> I think dwarves are weird. I've I've been baffled by that decision ever since I played three fives. They're just they're still medium sized, but they're they're, they're think, still small. I think they're on the like the low low end of medium because okay. they're, they're still like five foot. Think like, like just five okay, foot they could maximum. Like, they could like yeah. like do a slide through the legs, but think about a combat a combat prowess of just being able to glide through the field under people, flurry a blow. Like it's just so it- cool in my brain of this little tiny pip squeak thing beating yeah. ass. <laughs> a thousand you ever watched Shaolin Showdown second? growing up? Did I watch? Darn, Shaolin Showdown growing up. <gasps> yes. I'm just thinking of Omi now. Yes. <laughs> What's the second time this week someone has brought up Shaolin Showdown? I still don't know what the hell it is. Uh, well, educate yourself, fool. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think there, there's a lot of, I think, 
cool like i mean monk's a great class for it solely because it's you know deck space and i think there is a halfling subclass that gives a sub race that gives wisdom too um so boom done uh yeah it's like rogues uh, a halfling ranger i think would be cool i mean maybe the shire's got uh, a huntsman somebody's got to go uh uh, maybe if they want to get game meat they gotta have somebody for that makes sense I, I think, think the, I think a halfling wizard or like a sorcerer would actually be super cool. So imagine like I can't imagine the the people in halfling town are would be super eager about somebody who can manifest fire at their fingertips in their midst. That sounds <laughs> dangerous. So somebody's somebody's house is going to burn down. Yeah. So maybe you've now got this this halfling outcast who's like, well, I had to choose between home and magic, and magic's pretty rad. So this uh, won't uh, shock anyone, but I quite like the idea of a halfling warlock. Oh God. <laughs> like and no one was surprised no 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 one like just the idea that they are a, a fairly unassuming people that don't seek adventure imagine having these powers thrust upon you and all you want to do is just have a normal life i feel like that's a great excuse to for the to go out adventuring and join an adventuring party your main motivation is to just be able to retire at the end of it you just want to go back to the life you had that seems like a fun motivation and you get that nice little charisma bonus for one of the sub races. Yes. Perfect. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Yeah. The um the one half thing I have played in recent years, I've I've talked about before, is uh Dr. Henrik Goodser, who was a barbarian. Mm-hmm. Because just for flavor mechanics, when he rages, he chugs a little potion and hulks out is ba- I mean, he's he's more of a Jekyll and Hyde than a Hulk, but same kind of idea. He literally transforms and gets much bigger when he's raging, which really, like, I, I kind of like the idea of transforming anyway. So to make it more overt, I like the idea of being one of the smaller races and halflings seem just a little bit better than gnome. So I, even though I like that idea, I think I initially did that anyway to, like, intentionally, I don't I don't know what the term is, but, like, put my middle finger up at the idea of being a small race because i'm most of the time just gonna rage out and be bigger anyway maybe i mean i'm not i'm not poo-pooing on small races it just it seemed like a fun idea for uh someone who's normally the smallest in the party is actually one of the hardest heaviest hitters yes when raging he wouldn't like me when i'm angry (laughs) He's fun anyway, because like he he's genuinely a pacifist and will only rage out if his life or someone else's is on the line. He most of the time is going to say we like he's going to really try to solve things peacefully because he doesn't enjoy the uh, physical transformation. It's not pleasant. And we've also got um, I think really the only ones we haven't hit yet are those 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 religious classes. Uh, clerics Ugh. and paladins i think halflings can fit fairly well into as well i mean there's the harvest goddess i was gonna uh, say what's the god of wine what's 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 the gray hawk harvest <laughs> goddess and halfling goddess um i don't remember uh in my setting she's called demilta but uh it's definitely not based on demeter i, th- I think there could be some cool ideas you can go with that with uh, a halfling paladin of of of, of the harvest who's basically just a protector of the Shire. Like yeah. The, the, their whole thing is they worship the harvest, the seasons, yes. and and the party. Pro- probably a paladin of ancients is what I'd, I'd give them. A holy champion of good vibes. Yeah. 
in my you just, world. This, you got to deal with this dude if you if you want to cause trouble at at home. <laughs> <laughs> the big daddy mean man. They do, you know, yeah, they they actually I wasn't super sold on paladins or them as paladins because it I it's hard for me to picture that like fire in their heart, you know, but defending the peace would definitely be something yes. that a lot of halflings are passionate about. It's not so much going out and smiting evil wherever it lays, but if it comes to you, you're going to put it down. Yes. Yeah, have you read the uh, the Oath of the Oath of Ancients for the Paladin Ancients thing? I it's it's it. all about maintaining the joy and seeing the you know, uh, keeping the smiles growing and the people around you always embodying the joy. It's yes. it's, it's about keeping people happy. Mm-hmm. And, That's definitely perfect. And I, I just love that idea of there's just, you know, maybe that maybe the town doesn't like they they appreciate their help, but maybe they don't like there's this warrior in their midst, and it's just it's this guy clanking around in plate mail. He's definitely a bit of a weirdo, but we like that he's here. Mm-hmm. He seems like a pretty swell guy, regardless. Uh, also, uh, there was a f- for campaign one, uh, Kima for for critical role. Uh, it was a halfling paladin, and was uh, definitely breaking the mold on that. But was a very cool character. Yeah, Tori, I think you you had something. Uh... <laughs> okay, yes. sorry, I just was rambling on about my paladin. Um, in my world, halflings stem from the Greek goddess Hestia of the hearth. Mm-hmm. Just Makes to kind sense. of yeah, so an oath of the ancients paladin would be perfect for that. Um, because they are about protecting what is theirs. Uh, you talked about it earlier. They thought they had some some little thieves in their town, and they came out brandishing pick, pitchforks. Uh, paladins, most of the time, are all about protecting what is good and keeping things the same. Mm-hmm. Um, in my in my own perspective, I don't see paladins being the beacon for change. Um, no, that makes sense. They're yeah, kind of upholding traditions. Yeah. So I think I think halflings as as paladins could be could be perfect. Yeah, I think we we talked a little bit about like how you can have a fun spin on halflings in general, their communities. I think um while it's really hard for me to get my own brain out of the idea of just the visual aspect of the Shire, I think the only like the core aspect you need for a halfling community is the community itself. So. The idea of nomads is fun, or just put them in different environments. Maybe they're on a, a floating village in the middle of the ocean, or in the middle of the desert. I think all that matters is that there's a lot of halflings all grouped together, bound together by the the sense of community. And then beyond that, you can plop them anywhere. How do you think uh, halflings feel about their size? <laughs> You think you think you think they're like cool with being like the smallest guys or anything they care uh my my inclination is to say they're not too bothered because i'm st- i'm still in that mindset of they're like pretty laid back and they're like oh the bunch of like i i think of the um how the the lord of the rings movie talks about them they're they think about the world of the big folk and all their their dramas and wars and they just kind of like ah they're they're going to do what they're doing and we're just going to live our lives Maybe if they're in the same room as them and they're trying to get served and no one's looking at them because they're so small, that could be annoying. But mm. I think in general, they probably don't mind too much. 
I always what? think back to that um, the, the Reddit post from eons ago, or maybe it was Tumblr. Uh, oh God! It's like I, I don't like where it's basically saying like I don't think uh, halflings really think of themselves as small. I think they just think of everybody else as big. <laughs> uh, the term halfling is offensive. Everyone else is a twiceling. <laughs> yeah. They're just they're just regular folk. Probably would be annoying, but then you do get served pints of beer. So that is that they is incredibly pints? fair. <laughs> so it has some advantages. <laughs> or imagine like you're you're never gonna um, be starved for a a big enough bed staying in taverns, right? Oh yeah, never. You're they're almost all always gonna, gonna get size. these huge, enormous, yeah. <laughs> Beyond king, well, I guess king's applicable, actually, if they're, like, meant for single humans. Yeah. I'm just imagining, like, they're, they're, they're laying on the bed lengthwise. <laughs> <laughs> they can roll around all they want. That's, uh, about it for my notes, honestly. Yeah. I don't mind this a, being a, a short shorter, episode for short a short <laughs> You took my joke, goddammit. <laughs> um... Yeah. Uh I think I'm I'm really into this idea now of the most unassuming race. You don't really oh, expect yeah. a halfling to be the world's greatest adventurer or greatest hero. Um, I certainly don't expect it. No. Yeah. And like so if you know, if you look at like a half orc barbarian, this like it's like pure muscle and rage and battle fury, when they take down a dragon it's it's certainly impressive, but you're not really shocked by it. But if a halfling has a hand in overthrowing the evil lord of evil, you're like, God damn, a halfling? And that's a little a little more interesting to me now. The the little guy who no one as- assumes is gonna do anything too special. Them being a hero? That's more heroic in a way. Yeah, I, like I I'm now. I'm definitely of the same mind. I think I've I've like I mentioned, I've always been a huge fan of the the hero who was never meant to be anyone of note, and yeah. uh, I love the idea of you know this this little community of, of folk just hanging out, partying, enjoying good vibes, and maybe once in every hundred years, one of them does something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And then he's probably talked about for the next two hundred years. Oh, his more village. than that, he's he, he, he's <laughs> written he's down a... in legend for eternity because of the one time he he's one of the uh, three went out of town have. and demanded the mayor of the neighboring town. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, give them their land back. What a hero! Goddamn legend. I'm like I'm having all of these ideas now for like little halflings. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. I well, I, uh, I feel like halflings are mostly bards in games. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about bards. That they totally yeah. make sense as bards. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like they're mostly stigmaed as bards and casters so i'm really like playing with the idea of putting them in, in all of these new roles mm-hmm. and like i'm just i'm like coming up with like npc after npc after npc <laughs> in my brain like but what about this and then <laughs> hell yeah that's why i like this podcast it always gets my ideas uh flowing the juices rolling you said mm, don't like that mm. You know, actually, even though we're wrapping up, that does remind me of something I wanted to say about halflings, especially like a halfling bard. Um, the mm-hmm. book talks about how they don't have a lot of uh, literature. They don't write a lot of stories, but their oral history, their oral traditions are very, very strong. Yes. And they, they love telling stories. So them as a bard makes total sense. And 
Beyond that, I think a good role for a halfling in the party, outside, like, ignoring class, is sort of the the backbone of the party. The sort of, like, maybe not necessarily the moral center, but at least someone who talks to everyone and binds everyone together with a sense of, like, kind of like a halfling who's driven to build another community within the party. Mm. I just see them being as the most welcoming one. Obviously... Not every halfling is going to be the same, but that's just how how I picture him. Yeah. I'm going to close out this episode with a mm-hmm. quote from Bilbo Baggins that stuck with me when I was okay. prepping. It is no bad thing to celebrate a simple life. I really I like halflings, that. man. <laughs> they're, they're I love really... halflings. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm way, way more into them than I was 24 hours ago. This was, a, this was a fun, like, kind of chill episode. This yeah. was a chill episode. I enjoyed that. What well, are we talking for... about next week, Charles? <laughs> I'm Druids. glad you asked, Nathan. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> next week, we're going to be back talking about ruins. You sound so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. See you next week, everyone. Later. Bye. Bye.